Hey everyone, my name is Jason Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Coastal Church Podcast. I'm super excited for you to hear this message. We believe that God wants to speak to us, and we hope that you're open to hear what he has to say to you today. Enjoy. I just was just listening to you all worship. I stopped singing there for a little bit, and I just listened to you guys sing out these choruses about God's goodness and God being with us through the fire, and... God being faithful, and I just listen to you all sing out from the depth of your heart in the midst of adversity, and it made me think about the last 2,000 years of the church being the church, and made me think about how the church has just gone through adversity after adversity after adversity. Most of the letters in the New Testament are written to encourage a church in the face of adversity, and I would go as far as to say there are few things that bless the heart of our Heavenly Father more than when we consciously choose to worship and bless Him in the face of adversity. You just all need to know. You have no idea how much you bless the heart of our Heavenly Father when despite your circumstances, you choose to bless his heart and celebrate his goodness. And so I just want to affirm and encourage each one of you here today that have made the choice to come to church and to bless him in the face of the circumstances you find yourself in. We're going to have a time of prayer here um, this evening for obvious reasons. There's so many things we need to pray about, and many of you have been praying, will continue to pray, But we just want to have just some slow down time just to pray for all the needs that are represented in our community, for you, um, for firefighters. Um, There's been so many answered prayers this week, and we'll talk about that here in a few moments. But that song summarized it so well for us. Oh, God, my God, we need you. Amen? Amen? And so let's just take some time to come before the Father and pray and ask, and he promises to meet our requests and needs. Let's pray together. Father dear, we just thank you for today and for the privilege it is to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ and as a community to call upon your name, to seek you, Lord. We're here today. This room represents faith. We're here not because of happenstance or not just for a good feeling. We're here because we believe that drawing near to you actually makes a difference, that praying prayers of faith actually does something. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we boldly come before you and our weakness and our condition that we're in, Father, All of us, Lord, we come before your throne through Jesus. We just thank you that Jesus has made a way for us to come boldly before your throne of grace to receive both grace and mercy in time of need. And Father, we just confess to you that we are in need. We just thank you that you don't uh, forsake us because we're needy people, but you welcome us because you're our dear Father and you care for us compassionately and dearly. You care about our our internal life, our emotions, our spiritual well-being. You care for our physical needs. You care beyond what we can even think or imagine. So I just pray in the name of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, in this place tonight, that you would open our eyes to how much you actually care. That, Father, you would reveal your tender, loving heart to each one that's in this room. That you would show them how your love swells for each one. That, God... You haven't left us alone or abandoned. You've sent us your Holy Spirit to care for us individually and so that we might actually care for one another. 
Lord, that's all part of your design. And Lord, this past week in our community, we've experienced hardship. We've experienced adversity. We've experienced being displaced. We've experienced discomfort. We've experienced so many seemingly negative circumstances. And God, you feel for us. You're with us in the fire. You're with us in the adversity. You don't leave us, but you're right here with us. You know what it is to suffer. Your word says that you were the son of suffering. You were acquainted with grief. You were a man of sorrows. And so God, you know what it's like to go through adversity. You know what it's like to go through um, horrible circumstances, Jesus, because you live through them. You live through suffering. You live through pain. You live through rejection. You live through, you even know what it's like to be displaced from your own home, Lord, because it's exactly what happened to you. And so, Lord, all these things that we collectively are experiencing as a community, Lord, you've been through them. You know what it's like. And so you have this tremendous amount, Lord, of empathy for each one of us in this room. And you care. And Lord, your heart weeps with those who weep. And God, you mourn with those who mourn. And Father, I just pray that you'd comfort the afflicted, that you'd pour out your compassion in this place, that people would just feel really cared for, that it's okay to not be okay, Lord, and they can just be honest with you and honest in this place, God. Father, I just thank you for the grace that's being poured out in this room. I thank you for your care and your compassion and your grace and all the resources, God, that we so desperately need that you actually have and you want to give to us freely. Father, many of us in this room feel incredibly depleted. Lord, so many of us have been running on adrenaline for a week and we're tired. Some of us physically are feeling aches and pains in our bodies and headaches and different physical things as a, as a byproduct of our stress. And so, God, would you just alleviate some of those things in this room right now in the name of Jesus? Would you just help us all to just take a deep breath, Father? Lord, would you help us all just to release our stress and anxiety to you? Your word says, Father, to cast all of our cares upon you because you care for us. And so, Lord, even in this moment right now, would you help us collectively to release our stress, to release our anxiety, to release our future and the fear of the unknown, to release all the things that are burdening us down. Lord, would you help us just to unclench and release in the name of Jesus? And Lord, would you help us in exchange for that, Father, to receive your peace, to receive your patience, to receive your self-control, your goodness, all the good things that you want to give us in these moments. And as we put ourselves in a posture to receive, would you just help us, God, to be refueled, to be replenished, to get what we need. Father, we just thank you for answered prayer. We thank you for rain. We thank you for firefighters that are fighting and all the resources that are going in to protect us and our well-being. God, we just pray for just those people that you can need to give them strength and be with our leadership, our government, people that are giving leadership to kind of over this thing, Father, that you just give them grace and peace. Father, specifically for those that have been displaced from their homes, God, would you just give them grace and strength and endurance, Lord? Lord, your word promises to give us endurance, Lord. And I just pray that you would sustain each one, Father, especially those that have been displaced, Father. God, we just thank you. We thank you for what we've been able to do as a church and as a community this week. We thank you that you promised to bring about good. Lord, you didn't cause these circumstances, but Lord, are you ever using them in our lives? Lord, you're using them to draw us near to you. You're using them to bind us together in closer unity. And so, Father, open our eyes to how you're using this in our lives. Lord, we just pray for just your continued wisdom and guidance as we move forward, as we seek to do your will. 
as we walk in obedience to you, and as we represent your light in this world. Lord, may people come to faith in you, God, because of your goodness shining through the church. We love you, and we welcome you this day. Lord, speak to us, God, we pray, Father, and we just ask your continual blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Alex said it best when she started the service. Man, what a crazy week. You know, it's hard to believe I was, this past weekend, I was uh, just in Argyle, uh, which isn't that far away, um, just a 15-minute drive or so, and I was just chatting with them, and they were just saying how different it is being even 15, 20 minutes removed from our community heading towards Yarmouth. It's like, they were just explaining to me, like, for me, it's like life is just normal. I go to work, my kids go to school, um, everything's just normal for us, but 15 minutes down the road, things have been far from normal. Our kids haven't gone to school, our life has been disrupted. Over 50 people in our congregation have just been displaced from their homes. And just life has just been chaotic for so many of us. It's been disruptive, it's been discomforting, and... Many of us come into this thing a week into it, and we're feeling absolutely, absolutely depleted. Ever find yourself being a little bit edgy, a little bit cranky? Ever say to your spouse, like I did this week, Lord, I don't have patience? <laughs> it's true. It's because all of us in this room, for a lot of us, have been running on adrenaline, and adrenaline is designed for us in a moment to be able to navigate stressful situations, but a lot of us have been running on adrenaline for about a week. And we just feel totally exhausted and tired. Whenever we stop, it's like, man, why am I so tired? It's because you're not physically tired. That's part of it. But you've processed so much information the last week. How many times have you scrolled down your newsfeed again and again looking for the next update? I'm with you. I re-downloaded Facebook on my phone so I could keep in touch with everything. But it's just like we process so much information, and not just regular information, stressful information, information that impacts our whole life and well-being. We've been disrupted. And so a lot of us just come in tonight just on fumes and feeling empty. And as I was praying this afternoon for each and every one of you, um, the Lord just gave me the sense that, that a lot of us are just depleted tonight. We're just feeling like we're running on fumes. We're empty. And... Many of us, it's, and it's not the kind of empty physically, maybe that's true for some of us here tonight, but it's just the internal resources. It's the mental, emotional, and spiritual insides. We just feel like, man, I just, you go to try to get strength and it just doesn't seem to be there. And so you're coming to church tonight because you're like, man, like I just need something to refuel, to refocus to help me to be feel a little bit replenished. You're coming tonight because you're by faith, you're trusting that this God that's full of goodness is going to meet your needs, which he promises to do. And so you're kind of lining up at the gas station, spiritually speaking, waiting to be filled. I don't know if any of you all were in some of those lineups this past week. I was. Sat there for about an hour <laughs> waiting for gas with my gas light on. I confess I'm one of those people. Pray for me. But I made it. But some of us here in this room are feeling that way mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. You feel like your gas light's on, and you don't know if you're going to make it to the pump. And I'm just here to tell you tonight, there is good news. Jesus promises, come to me, and I will give you living water. 
There's not an empty promise when we come to God. God actually promises, and he's good in his promise, to actually meet your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ. And that there's ways in which God is actually designed in the scriptures to actually have our needs met. And so we're just, we've been praying for you. We've been praying that tonight would be a night, an opportunity to have a break from the chaos, a break from our phones, a break from everything else, that we'd be able to actually come to God, come to the well, come to the gas station, whatever analogy you want to use, come and receive grace from God. Grace that restores you mentally, grace that restores you emotionally, and most importantly, grace that restores your spirit. Because that's what God actually promises. God wants to refuel each and every one of you. And as we look at the church, when the church started in the book of Acts, there were some things that they did to help refuel them. And we're going to look at those for a few moments here in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. It's a familiar sound, isn't it? That's okay. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had any need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food and glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added their number day by day, those who were being saved. So there's things that God put into the DNA of the church right off the very beginning here in Acts 2. In Acts 2, the church was born, the Holy Spirit was poured out, and all of a sudden, we have the church for the very first time. And right off the bat, it's the day the church was born, the Holy Spirit put some things inside of the church to actually refuel, and so the church could actually care for one another. And so we're going to look at three things that the Holy Spirit put into the church to help us refuel. Three things. The first thing is that God made a church a church of prayers. There's an S on the end. That's what the scripture says here. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, which we're going to do here in a few moments, and the prayers. Not prayer, prayers. Because we get to pray all different kinds of prayers because we have all different kinds of needs. Amen? Amen? Maybe this past week was just a great illustration to show how needy we are as human beings, and that's not wrong. We're human. But how many of us have come across, maybe in a magnified way, our physical needs, our emotional needs, our spiritual needs? We are just needy humanity, and in crisis, those needs go through the roof. And so we pray all different kinds of prayers because we're our needy people and we have faith in a God who promises to meet our needs. And so we pray and the early church prayed all different kinds of prayers because they had faith that all these people were coming that were like sheep without a shepherd that had all these needs. They believed by faith in a God who promises to meet their needs. 
And so they prayed all kinds of prayers. This week, we've had all different kinds of prayer requests come in, and we prayed. Some of them are related to the fire and displacement and praying for firefighters and praying for people in need and just praying for the situation. But how many do you know that, that not only, you know, this fire has disrupted us, how many of the life is still going on? We still have people that have health concerns. We still have people that have issues with their kids. We still have things that are going on in our lives that we need to still pray about on top of everything else. And so as the church, we pray all different kinds of prayers, all different kinds of times. That's why the scripture says to pray without ceasing. Because there's so much to pray about, and we believe that God actually answers prayer. Now, I re-downloaded Facebook on my phone, and, and, and some of that is good. Um, but I did see a, a statement this past week in response to someone saying, we need to pray. We need to pray more about this situation. You know, prayers, prayer is going to make a difference, but uh, someone put this post online, and I'll read it to you. It says, prayer is not the answer, nor will it make a difference. They said, prayer is not the answer, nor will it make a difference. They obviously didn't know the God of Jacob. They obviously didn't know the God of Moses. They obviously didn't know the God of David. They obviously didn't know the God of Mary. They obviously didn't know this God that you and I know that responds when his children cry to him, the Father responds. Why would the church in the book of Acts pray if prayer does not the answer or makes a difference? They would have saw nothing. They wouldn't have saw signs and wonders and miracles and people's needs being met. Why would they pray? Or individually here today, why would we pray if prayer is not the answer and makes a difference? Prayer changes us. It changes you and I. Prayer provides comfort and encouragement. Prayer is the antidote for anxiety. Let me quote Philippians 4 again until you get sick of it, and then I'll quote it some more. Be anxious about, and in all things through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. When you pray and release your anxiety to God, God promises to give you peace in your heart and your mind. With all due respect, don't tell me prayer makes no difference. Because it does. And prayer isn't just this thing that makes us feel good and gives us good vibes and helps us psychologically or some kind of crutch for the mentally weak. It's so much more than that. Jesus himself prayed, and prayer changed people's lives. When we pray in the name of Jesus, we gain access to all of heaven's resources. Prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer can change the weather. Rain wasn't in the forecast. How many of y'all prayed for rain? 
<laughs> Someone said, we all did. Yes, we did. <laughs> he causes rain. This is the scripture. He causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. The Bible says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has what? Great power as it is working. Prayer works, in other words, is what the Bible says. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. In other words, he was a broken, messed up person just like you and me. He was human. This is what the Bible says. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. When we pray, God responds to our prayers. He really does. It's not just good vibes or positive thinking. Prayer moves heaven on our behalf. Jesus said, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. So the person, with all due respect, was 100% wrong. I like to rephrase her statement this way. Prayer is the answer, and prayer will make a difference. We ask for rain. Someone want to kick open that door for me? Oh, seriously? I'm not even joking. Please. What's that? Right? We asked, and God delivered. Amen? We asked the Lord last Sunday, how could we help? Lord, what can we do to help? And by the grace of God, and he gets all the credit and the glory, we've been able to bless a whole lot of people this week as a church. Prayer helps refuel us. It brings us to a place where God actually starts refilling us and refueling us. And I just want to encourage you to spend some personal time in prayer. Ask God to refresh you and refuel you. And it's amazing when you have that connection with God, how he actually replenishes you. And at the end of the service tonight, we're actually going to have James and Alex over here because some of you maybe need to have someone to pray over you. We want to pray with you because we believe that prayer makes a difference. Amen? Prayer makes a difference. As a matter of fact, everything actually starts with prayer. It's when we pray that God actually inspires us with how to care for people and how to share with people. Prayer actually kind of inspires us with what to do. The Bible says that in all who believed were together and had all things in common. The church isn't just a church that prays but, or, or has prayers. We're a church that cares. When the church was born in Acts chapter 2, God put into the DNA of the church to actually care for one another. In a minute, we're going to talk about caring for physical needs, but sometimes care looks a lot like caring for how someone's doing and to really actually care. How many times do you ask when you meet someone, oh, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Liars. <laughs> I do it too. But God, by the Holy Spirit, put this desire inside of us to actually care for the answer to that question. To care so much so, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to look past the good good to see how someone else is really doing inside. 
That's something special about the church. That's something special about how the Holy Spirit has wired the church to actually care. We care about how you're doing. And one of the things I love about the church is you can come to church and it's okay to not be okay. There's so many of you in this room tonight, internally, you're not okay. And I just want to say, it's okay to not be okay tonight. You're loved. You're cared for. How you feel matters. How you're doing really, really matters. If you're struggling with anxiety and fear and worry, we care about how you're doing internally. If you are depleted tonight, we care, and we bring those cares and concerns to Jesus who can actually meet those needs. That's the church being the church, a church that actually cares how every single one of you are doing. And the good news is that Jesus actually designed the church to actually help people that internally aren't doing okay. God gave the church people with the gift of mercy and compassion, people that have words of exhortation and encouragement, people that have amazing listening ears that can care deeply, people that are able to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. It's a beautiful thing that God did when he started the church because he gave this, this organization, this, this, this family, an ability to care for one another's needs. So you don't feel alone in your struggle. Well, you feel seen. You feel cared for. You are loved by God. And it's amazing the difference when you actually experience the love from the church. When you feel the Holy Spirit working through someone else, impacting your life, when you feel genuinely cared for by someone else, man, it makes a difference, doesn't it? But it takes you actually making the step to be vulnerable and saying, you know what? I'm not okay. We had our prayer circle tonight where we prayed for every single one of you here at 415, and I asked the question, and when I asked the question, how are you doing, I actually want to know how you're doing. And someone had the, the strength to say, you know what, I'm not doing okay. And I thought, praise God for that, because that's the first step in actually you opening up to the church and to Jesus and being able to be loved and cared for. But how many of us like being vulnerable? How many of us like being open with actually how we're doing on the inside? But that's actually a step we have to take in order to receive the love from God and the love from the church that God has put us in. And so maybe after the service, you don't need to just get up and leave. Maybe you just need to linger. We don't have a service at 7. You can stay here as long as you want. If you need fellowship and connection and people to connect with, we're here for you. We're not, that's not just empty words. We really care about you. I care about your health inside. I care about how you're doing mentally. I care about how you're doing emotionally. I care about how you're doing spiritually. And the reason why I care so much is because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, and he cares way more about you than even I do. He, God cares, and he wants to show that care for you through the church. You know, Jesus, at the end, at kind of before he leaves, his disciples has this encounter with Peter and asks Peter, do you love me? He says, feed my lambs. And, and asks Jesus again, Peter, do you love me? He says, tend to my sheep. And then, then Jesus uh, asked Peter again, Peter, do you love me? He says, Lord, you know I love you. And Peter says, look after, feed my sheep. Some of you are new to your faith, and this circumstance has the potential to rock your faith. 
but you, some of you are saying, no way, I'm, I'm going all in on Jesus, and I just care about you that are new to your faith, and I just would encourage you, don't let this push you away from God, but press into Jesus. And for those of you that may be more mature in your faith, listen, God, and this is for all of us, God did not cause this circumstance to happen. But based on the scriptures, I can promise you he is using it for your good. In more ways than we can even think or imagine. Let me say it again. God did not cause this circumstance to happen. But he loves you so much, he's using this for your good in ways you can't even imagine. I was uh, talking to a few people this past week, and one person had mentioned to me that this circumstance will actually, while God doesn't cause it, hear me clear, I don't believe God caused this circumstance, but a lot of us, this is an opportunity that kind of wakes us up to say, you know what, there's more to life than this. And it causes us to draw near to God. And I believe this will be an opportunity, and someone share with me, this is going to be an opportunity where people actually come back to faith or come to faith in Jesus for the first time. And I was talking to someone else about how God is going to use this for our good. God didn't cause it, but he's using it. And so we care. The church is a church that cares. And finally, the church is a church that shares. The Bible says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the, the proceeds to all as any had need. When the church was born, they were compelled by the Holy Spirit to sell their possessions to give to those that were in need. An amazing thing. They saw the needs and sold their possessions to give to those who were in need. You know, I mentioned this past week, we prayed collectively and individually, Lord, what can I do to help? And I've been amazed by you, <laughs> the church. I've been amazed by some of you people that were displaced from your home, and instead of thinking about your own needs, you came in here and blessed and served other people. Like, that's crazy. Or some of you that gave sacrificially and messaged or called every single day and said, what can I do to help? Or some of you that were serving in the arena or wherever you were serving or however you prayed or cared or shared, you just felt compelled by God to do something. You asked that prayer last Sunday and you were constantly asking God, Lord, what can I do to help? Because of that, We've been able to do a lot of awesome things for God, and he gets all the credit and the glory. Because of people's generosity, we've been able to provide meals here. We had people stay here at the church. The Lord provided, so we were able to provide some people with care packages who were displaced from their families. We've been able to have prayer with people throughout the week as they stopped in. You see, God answers prayer. We asked, Lord, what can we do to help? And the Lord helped us to do that very thing. You know, one of the conversations I had this past week was, it's hard to receive. It's way easier to be the person that's giving out the thing or the blessing, but it's really humbling when you're the person on the receiving end, isn't it? And one of the things I just encouraged someone with this past week is like, when you receive a blessing, that person that was giving the blessing actually gets blessed by God. That's just a kingdom principle. 
And so, and that's how God actually designed the body of Christ to actually care for each other's needs. Some of you individually, God has used you this past week to share and to give something tangible or physical. There's people that have donated money to the cause. We had people donate a fridge and a microwave this week because we had no way to look after our food or to heat it up. Some of you have given rooms and homes and campers. Some of you got someone staying in the bedroom when you go home tonight. Why'd you do all that? Because you care. You did it because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and is compelling you to meet the needs of other people, even when it costs a sacrifice. Isn't the church a beautiful thing? And I marvel this past week at how God has used the church. And that's what the Bible says. It says, all came upon every soul, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. When Jesus works through the church, it's a beautiful thing. There's such a blessing, and it points people to the God who made the church. And the early church gave praise to God because they believed every good thing that we have, especially the stuff that comes from the church, actually came from God. I love living in this community. I love the people. I love at moments like this, we rally together. We love and serve one another. I love the generous hearts, the hearts to serve in this community. And you know what I love the most? I love the God who gave us all those gifts I just described. It's God that made this community. It's God that gave us the resources to be able to bless. It's God that inspires you to do good. That all comes from God. It's God that makes us pray. It's God that inspires us to care. It's God who inspires us to share with those who are in need. I hope that tonight, in one way or another, that you've been able to refuel. And my prayer is that throughout this week, whether it's through someone praying for you, whether it's someone caring for you, whether it's someone helping meet your need, that it would be a source of refueling because that's what God designed the church to be. A place where we can gather to be refueled and relationships that we might be refreshed by. I'm going to invite the worship team to come at this time. One of the things we're going to do this evening to refuel is we're going to share in the Lord's Supper. That's awesome. You know, the Bible says laughter is like good medicine. And that's one of the things around a table we can do is we can laugh and cry and share and love one another. And the Bible says here in Acts chapter 2 multiple times that they broke bread. They shared in the Lord's Supper together. And it's so much more than just us drinking juice and eating bread. Us sharing communion together is us coming together as brothers and sisters, as family and celebrating that fact that Jesus' death 
does something for us. That we rally around that truth that the broken body and shed blood of Jesus is actual food. So for those of us that have come in tonight feeling empty and depleted, I've just got great news for you. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper, and it's the body and blood of Jesus that actually will refuel your spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, that we might experience the love of Christ that passes understanding, that we might be filled with all the fullness of God and the power that comes from him. Do you need power to live out this week? Well, we know how you get it. It's through experiencing the love of Christ. You're mentally tired, exhausted. Well, Jesus invites you to come to the table to feast on his body and blood, to internalize what that means for you. And as we do so, God reminds us of his incredible love for us in Christ. And God begins to refresh us and refuel us with his incredible love. He loves you deeply. His body was broken for you. His blood was shed for you. And so if you're here and you've made that decision to accept Jesus, we invite you to come. If, if you're not here yet and you haven't yet made the decision to follow Jesus, don't feel any need or pressure to take. But maybe even this moment tonight, you'd like to cross that line to accept Jesus. Um, we invite you to the table. And so um, our connection team is going to come at this time. And they're going to pass out some elements. And we're going to have some time of reflection as we look into the scriptures and as we take communion together. We really hope that this message has motivated you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and has inspired you to join us in our mission to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. If you have any questions about the sermon, if you want to know how you can get involved, send us an email at office at coastalchurchns.com. We'd love to get connected with you. Have a great day.